Welcome to Planning for the Certainty of Uncertainty podcast with Jonathan Cutton, Private Wealth Advisor, 2019 Barron's Hall of Fame Advisor, 2022 Forbes Best in State Wealth Advisor, and CEO of Cutton Wealth Management, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC. This podcast offers a broad range of financial planning concepts to help you and your loved ones live brilliantly now and in the future. Jonathan will provide you with concepts that bring you confidence, simplicity, and success on your journey to financial and retirement security. Join us as we explore ways to help you feel more assured, connected, and in control of your financial life. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to another Planning for the Certainty of Uncertainty podcast with John Cutton. I'm your co-host, Matt Halloran. We just spent episode one finding out a lot more about John himself, who he is as a person and what makes him tick. But today we're going to switch the focus, which if you heard in episode one, that the focus is so much on the client, we're going to spend time today about talking about the client centric process. So John, welcome to the show. Thanks, Matt. Good to be back here. Good day to podcast. It is a good day to podcast. And it's a great day to talk about one of your favorite things, which is the client experience and really making sure that you're truly helping people. For those of you who haven't listened to the first episode, please go back because you're going to start feeling and and hearing a very common theme. And that common theme is really focusing on doing what's right for the client and really keeping their best interest in mind. What can a client expect from your fur. I'm going to go real big here, John, and then we're going to get a little bit more granular. So let's start at the top of the funnel here. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. A really important question. I think, I think Matt, you're exactly right. To me, client experience is everything. Ultimately, there are, I think there are over 250,000 financial advisors in the industry. From my perspective, if I was a prospective client, they probably all look the same right? You go to an advisor's website and it says something like, we're very, what's the word I'm looking for? We're responsive and we're honest and we have integrity and we give great advice and we care about our clients. Well, duh, you'd be out of business, right? If you didn't do those things. So I completely think that client experience is really the differentiator and we've worked really hard. I learned, I I referenced this a little bit in our first podcast, but I learned all the way back in 1994 that the key differentiator, Matt, is advice, right? And investments and insurance and products have become even more lately commoditized. And you don't need a financial advisor to get a good portfolio. There are robo advisors out there. No, I won't name names, but no load shops and no fees. You can, you can buy securities for free right at this point, which is a lot different than when I started in 1994, but all the way back in 1994, our differentiator was still advice. And I look at it this way, Matt, when you really think about it, people, hire a financial advisor, in my opinion, or should for two reasons, right? One is for their intellectual capital, right? That advisor should have more experience than you do as a client, I would hope, from an intellectual capital perspective, and be able to bring ideas and suggestions and experiences to you as the client that you're not aware of or don't have the time or inclination to research on your own. Because you could, 
and many do. There's plenty of resources out there, especially uh, with the internet these days. The second reason I think that that client would hire an advisor, what they should look for, quite frankly, is for experience, right? Is for the ability to rely on someone else who can actually, you can outsource some of these roles and responsibilities in your life, have a second opinion, and have someone that you can count on in order to do that. No different, Matt, than there's lots of us who go spend four or five or six dollars for a Starbucks. Now, you could go make a cup of coffee, right, in your kitchen. But why do we go to Starbucks? Because they make that Trenta black tea lemonade with two splendors that my life, my wife loves so much, right? And they make it. And there's an experience when you work in Starbucks, right? And it's even better when they start to actually know your order and you walk in and they say, hey, Matt, the usual. So I know I'm kind of going down a bit of a rabbit hole there, but in order to provide that level of client experience, I think there's two important pieces. When we think about advice and leading with advice, not leading with investments or product solutions, to me, there's a six-step process right? And I hit this a little on the first podcast, but it's worth actually hitting a second time. The first is identifying and prioritizing clients' objectives, right? What is important to you, Mr. Halloran and Mrs. Halloran? What are your goals? What are your objectives? What are your dreams? What are your wants? What are your fears? That's the first step. Second part is gathering data. I like to call it facts and feelings. Give me all the data. What's your budget? What are your business expenses? I'm sorry, your personal expenses. How much do you have put away in your 401k? Do you have life insurance? Do you have a will? Do you have any trusts? That kind of thing. Equally as importantly is your feelings. What are your core values? What's important to you? And I'll tell you, Matt, it's one of my favorite parts of the process, especially if it happens to be with a married couple. Ultimately, Many times they're not aligned on their values and they're not aligned on their goals. Mr. Halloran's moving down to Florida and Mrs. Halloran's going to California. We've got a problem, right? So just spending time getting folks to talk about their future is really important. We call that the data gathering process. We then analyze that information or take that x-ray, so to speak, or run a financial analysis. And then the most important part is we come back and propose solutions and create what I call knowledge injections, right? Which is teaching that consumer about the different products and services out there. So they understand not only the good, but the bad, right? The costs, the tax consequences, all of that stuff so that they can make ultimately a good informed decision and start to implement on the solutions that we've proposed so they could start to make progress towards their goals. The most important part, Matt, and then I'll pause and maybe maybe you'll maybe we'll go a little deeper into this if you'd like, but is the ongoing service, right? So there's this upfront, let's get through the financial planning process, let's understand you, let's make sure you understand your options, and then let's go ahead and execute on the plan and make some adjustments and kind of kind of get you all fixed up as a client, right? But once we get you all fixed up. From my perspective, there's a whole different part of the process. And this is where I think lots of advisors have a great process up to that point that I just described. Few 
do true financial planning, in my opinion, the way it should be done, but some do. But ultimately, once they've done that financial planning process and implemented the wrap on our industry, and the reason our industry doesn't always get the best reviews, right, and there's not a lot of trust, is because the follow through and the on to the next client is what usually happens, not that client experience and that ongoing service. Yeah, you opened up a whole can of worms on a bunch of stuff, John. So I'm going to I'm going to start by saying one of the things that I have found in doing what I do for so long is something that sets Ameriprise fundamentally apart from other organizations. Everything that you just said there, you get feedback from your clients regularly because they tell you you have to do it. Would you mind talking a little bit about the survey experience that happens at Ameriprise and how that has changed or allowed you to make appropriate adjustments to the client service model you have? Great question. And it's interesting. It, it, not only does Ameriprise do it, but we do it internally as well within Cut and Wealth. So all of our clients have the opportunity through our website to answer questions and give feedback about their experience. And it's, it's, it's amazing what you learn when you give people the chance to give either candid feedback or confidential would be the right word feedback or feedback themselves where you know who that person is. We give both options. And ultimately, here's what we've really found, Matt. It's kind of simple what clients want. It's a couple of just must-dos, right? The first must-do is they actually want financial planning advice. They want advice, not a product. The second is they want to make sure that when they do invest or purchase products, that it's embedded in what I call goal-based advice, that it's not just buying a stock or a bond or a mutual fund or an exchange-traded fund to get a rate of return, but it's actually embedded in giving true advice about their retirement or their college planning or whatever that goal might ultimately be. Clients also want to get a return phone call. Used to be years ago, 24 hours was okay. Clients actually want a return phone call and to talk to a live human pretty much immediately within within an hour or two is acceptable and they want an email back not within 24 hours but within the same business day that they actually ask even if that email says mr halloran i can't get back to you or answer your question today because i need to do some research and due diligence however i would like to schedule some time to talk about it tomorrow once I have the information. So those seem like simple things. Luckily for my firm, most advisors don't execute on all of them and many don't execute on any of them. So it makes it, makes it kind of easy, right? To kind of differentiate yourself and give a little bit of a different experience. The simple fact you ask is so big in my opinion, and it's probably led to some of the other successes that you've had and I'm going to digress just for a moment and then get back into uh, the, the planning process because I want to spend time there because that's a huge component of your client experience. But as a Barron's Hall of Fame advisor, I think that you have achieved that level of notoriety and success because of your openness and your willingness to ask what you can do to be better. Is that a fair statement? I think it's a great, great statement and, and completely fair. 
you know, no one's perfect, Matt, as you know, 26 years of doing this, we've had lots of constructive feedback. And I think we've always done an amazing job and we do our best. But when you've worked with thousands and thousands and thousands of clients, you start to understand what their expectations are. And what what's really important is money creates emotion, right? And when you're dealing with someone's money, it's a different type of relationship. When you really think about it, it's very personal who you choose as your financial advisor, maybe your doctor and your financial advisor. If you have a financial advisor are the two people that you entrust with confidential information. Most people, Matt, have been taught, and it's a problem in our country, that money, like politics and religion, are off limits. It's not dinner set table conversation. You don't know what mom and dad make or your brother or sister, etc. Right? When I really think about it, we've been able to kind of get a really good understanding through surveys and through asking clients for feedback. You know, one of the things we did, Matt, we, we have done probably for the last six or seven years, which was a suggestion that a coach of mine had years ago, uh, is we actually have what we call client advisory panels where we will meet with our clients on a once a quarter. It's completely up to them whether or not they'd like to participate, of course. But the sole purpose of those quarterly meetings is to ask for feedback. What do you think about our office? How do you like our statements? How do you feel about our service model? Are we calling you too much? Are we calling you too little? Are you getting too much email? Not enough email. But the number one piece, Matt, that I've learned is clients want to hear from their advisor. They don't want to talk to their assistant. They want to talk to the advisor and they want to make sure that we completely understand all facets of their situation. The podcast is called planning for the certainty of uncertainty. It's not just the name of a podcast. It's actually what you do. Walk me through this. I, this is fascinating to me to hear that that's how you plan which is another huge difference maker in my personal opinion, because I don't think people plan like you guys plan. Ameriprise is a financial planning based firm, which is a foundational tenant of, of, of Ameriprise. And I think after you go through walking us through the planning for the certainty and uncertainty, if they have had a financial planner, they're going to probably think to themselves, hmm, maybe there's another level of financial planning I'd like to go to. Because in the first podcast, John, one of the things that you said that was really powerful, in my opinion, is that you want to plan to impact not only a million people, and how you're going to do that is generationally. So let's talk about planning for the certainty of uncertainty and how that applies to everything I just said there. Yeah, love it, Matt. Great question. You're good today. Really good. You're on your end game, my man. That's our tagline. And you know what's interesting? It seems really smart right now because of COVID and people, people actually over the last year or so have said, wow, that's a great tagline. The funny thing is we've had the tagline for about 12 years. In fact, we used to have a local TV commercial and I still, true story to digress for a minute, we'll walk into a pizza place or a deli or something every once in a while. And um, I will actually have someone go, you're the certainty of uncertainty guy, because they remember the commercials. And that's true. It's kind of frightening when people say that to me, but it does actually happen. And again, I, I think that the key to all this is, I don't know where the markets are going. I don't know if they're going up, down, sideways. What I do know is it's certain 
that every human is going to have uncertainty in their life, right? And we've got what we call the three bucket theory. I'm not sure if you ever heard of the three bucket theory, Matt. Yep. So a three bucket theory basically means there are, there are three different kind of types of issues, if you will, out there, right? The first bucket are things that you can control. Second bucket are things that you can influence. And the third bucket are those things that you can't control or influence at all. You have no control over them, right? So a pandemic would be in the third bucket, right? A stock market correction, third bucket. Cancer, third bucket. Heart attack, third bucket. Car accident, third bucket. Now I hate to talk about all those are terrible things, right? Our job as a financial advisor is to plan for them is to make people think about them and to put a plan in place so that whatever happens, you as a client have a smart place to access money. Now we're not magicians, right? If we don't have any money, it's hard to have a smart place, right? But when we think about our process, Matt, and like you said, this, th there's a lot that I do want to talk about here because it's really important. We call it a four cornerstone approach to financial planning, right? So there, if you can think about a box with four boxes in the box, think about the top left as being cash reserves, right? So every American, in my opinion, depending on their situation, have, should have six to 18 months, depending on how secure their job is, how large their expenses are, et cetera, of their committed expenses in an immediately liquid position, like a bank account or a CD, et cetera. So committed expenses, Matt, means things like your mortgage, your car payment, not your trip to Disney every year, but committed expenses. If you think about the top right of my box, I would call it adequate protection protecting those things you can't afford to lose. Most people look at life insurance, long-term care insurance, disability insurance as an expense, right? Those are, it is a, there is an expense to get and pay a premium for those type of things. But if you don't have that protection and you pass away, how does your family survive without your income? If you're disabled, how does your family, if you go into a long-term care facility, how do you afford the cost of that long-term care facility? And if you have a spouse, have your spouse who's not in the long-term care facility continue his or her standard of living. So does anyone want to talk about that? No, no one wants to talk about life insurance. None of us are going to die. None of us are going to get sick. None of us are going to get hurt. It's my job to make sure that I help my clients plan for the certainty of uncertainty. Now, the bottom of the box are fixed and equity assets. Fixed assets mean things like bonds, maybe real estate investments in some circumstances, et cetera. Equity assets means stocks and mutual funds and indexes and exchange-traded funds, so on, et cetera. And there's much more sophisticated types of fixed and equity assets. But what my opinion is, is our industry goes right to the fun stuff. It's a lot easier to talk about fixed and equity assets than it is about cash and it is about life insurance and disability insurance and long-term care insurance. But as I said before, 
I happen to think we have a great investment philosophy and do a great job managing clients' assets. But I don't know that if that's all we did, that that's how I would want to differentiate myself from one advisor to another. I believe advice is our ace, if you think about it, in a deck of cards. And that's ultimately how we differentiate. One of the other big differences between you and other financial services firm are your strategic relationships. How does that work within this planning for the certainty of uncertainty? I'll, I'll, I'll get to the question, but I'll kind of paint you a picture a little bit, right? I, I went through this financial planning process a minute ago, right? The six, the six steps in the financial planning process. And I said the, the last spot, uh, last step rather, and the, probably the most important is the ongoing service, right? So we were fortunate enough actually to learn from a, a couple of advisors who used to be at Ameriprise who came up with this process and this process that they called it the seasons of advice, right? And we adapted it and went through a coaching program and we still use it to this day. So what we do as part of our process is each quarter for our financial planning clients, and most of our clients engage in true comprehensive financial planning. Sometimes a client chooses not to, although we strongly encourage them to. But for those that engage in kind of our, 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 our best, if you will, service, right? Each season has a different advice package, if you will, attached to it or a different theme in the season. So as an example, in the first quarter, we focus on goal tracking. So we go back to the financial plan that we develop and we talk with the client about their retirement and college and estate planning goals and so on, et cetera. And we simply learn about the changes that may have occurred in their situation, in the economy, in the tax landscape. And we take that old financial plan out and we update it. And we say, here's where we thought we were going to be. What's changed? Maybe you retired earlier. Maybe there was a small little pandemic going on, et cetera, et cetera. So we kind of take the, the, you know, the plan apart. We put it back together again, and we realign. We do that in the first quarter of every year. In the second quarter, we focus on an investment review. So all we do in that meeting, Matt, is talk about the portfolio. This is where we look at performance, fees, tax efficiencies, things like betas and alphas and standard deviation, all this confusing stuff to make sure that our allocation, meaning our ratio of stocks to bonds, et cetera, and the holdings that we have are still the right holdings. We rebalance portfolios if necessary, take care of everything from an investment perspective. And what's interesting, Matt, in each of our seasons of advice, each quarter, one of the things that we do in each and every meeting is we review the things I mentioned, but we always add what I call a knowledge injection. So what a knowledge injection is, is something we wanna teach the client about. So whether that be on the investment side, we might talk about an option strategy and educate the client, or we might talk about how a real estate investment trust works or the power of paying yourself first and dollar cost averaging from your paycheck or a Roth IRA. So something, so the client can learn something that may or may not be appropriate for them, but they at least know it exists. And together we can determine if it's appropriate 
And what we find a lot of times is they're then able to share that information with people they care about, which helps us to help our million people. Might not be right for them, but it might be right for their children or grandchildren or their next door neighbor, as an example. In the third quarter, Matt, the third season, we focus on risk and legacy planning. So risk and legacy is that dirty word insurance, making sure that we have the right insurance. If we don't have the right insurance, we re-talk about it. If we do have insurance, we make sure it's still performing the way it should. It's the appropriate amount and type and, and doing the things that we wanted to do. And legacy planning, Matt, is estate planning. So lots of tax law changes coming up. Who knows what's gonna happen with the state taxes? wills, trusts, healthcare proxies, power of attorneys, many times in conjunction with either our client's estate planning attorney or an attorney that we might recommend or several that we might recommend. And then in the fourth quarter, to get to your question before, we do collaborate with lots of our clients' CPA firms or accounting firms. So it's tax planning strategies. So, you know, most people on April 13th go, man, I should have done some tax planning this year. So we put a process in place that in the fourth quarter, that's where we're sitting with the client and their CPA, and we're being proactive, not reactive about their tax planning. Have they maximized their 401k? Have they put money into an IRA, Roth IRA? Are there tax losses that could be harvested? Are we withholding the right amount? so on, et cetera. What we've learned over the years, and we didn't always do it this way, right? But is if we do that, and every quarter we touch one of those four areas or each of those four areas, there's nothing that we don't think about or talk about with the client. Because the first question we ask in every meeting is what would you like to talk about today, Mr. Halloran? What's changed in your situation? What do we need to know about? And then ultimately we're hitting all the major facets of financial planning once a quarter, which doesn't let us get anything out of sight. So it's a really, really, what we found, great process from the perspective of it's something fresh every time we meet and the client starts to understand that we're gonna turn over each and every one of those rocks and have a kind of heart-to-heart -heart conversation about it. And I'll just share and then I'll flip it back to you, Matt. Most advisors, and I know this because I've, trained many of them and coached many of them, been around for a while, all they talk about is investment performance. Their, their meetings are, and if you're a, someone who's not a client of our firm listening to the podcast for the first time and have an advisor, my guess is it's lots of talk about children and grandchildren and travel and what's going on in the world. And then it's 10 minutes on your portfolio performance was this, the market did that, we should make a couple of changes. And a lot of times clients are, or advisors are only doing that on a telephone call. There isn't a screen-to-screen -screen relationship or a, I call it a belly-to-belly -belly relationship, at least in non-COVID times. And that's one of the major things that that's not in the control bucket, right? Their major focus is something that they really can't control, which just seems very foreign and strange to me. Everything that you just said to me today it just makes common sense. And, and I know that might sound hyper simplistic because what you're talking about, it's not complete simplistic at all, but going through each of those four things, every single solitary year with a client, making sure that you're bringing in strategic partners so that they can add areas of expertise that you guys don't specifically have going through and leading with advice to make sure that you're focusing on what the client not only needs to know in their mind, 
but sometimes what they don't know that they don't know, which is why this knowledge injection is so fascinating to me. And I know that you're going to continue to give us knowledge injections through this entire podcast that we're going to be running now for as long as we run this podcast. Is there anything else that you want to talk about, about the client experience of the financial planning process before we wrap up and I give everybody a preview of what we're talking about in the next show? You don't even know it, but one of my favorite things to say to clients and to everyone, quite frankly, is you don't know what you don't know, right? If you think you know everything, you can't be done learning. So that's that really is very much aligned with our philosophy, right? Is you don't know what you don't know. We don't know everything either, which is why we work with accountants and attorneys and other professionals. So most of our clients come to us for everything, whether it be I'm thinking about leasing a car or buying a car, whether it be, should I refine my mortgage? Whatever is going on in their financial life, we want them to come to us, not because we're control freaks, but because every single part of someone's financial life is integrated, right? When you think about the way you invest your money ultimately impacts your taxes. The way you build your wealth ultimately could impact your legacy, right? And so on, et cetera. And what we've learned is very few financial advisors meet with a client and their CPA and attorney together. Everything is done in a silo and one hand doesn't know what the other hand is doing. So we kind of raise our hand and we say, hey, Mr. and Mrs. Client, we're gonna make sure we encompass everything. We there's some stuff that we own completely and we'll follow through on the execution because that's what we do. But there's some stuff that we don't, we're not experts. We we're, we're not attorneys. We don't draw documents. We've got some good basic understanding and, but, but where we can recognize if there might be an issue and we should see an attorney and yes, you should have a will and you should have some documents in place, but we're not going to go and draw it for you, but we'll sit with you with the attorney. Outside of that, Matt, not a lot to share. I, I, I would just say you talked about, it seems simple, but it's really complex, right? Because I've lived in the business and seen so many cases, it really is quite simple. And this is, this is where I think folks get stuck, right? They just simply think of a financial advisor as the person who manages their portfolio. And I'm actually in agreement for a lot of people, not all, some should just hire an advisor to manage their portfolio because they're just not capable of doing it right themselves and don't have the knowledge and experience. But really you hire a financial advisor to put the pieces together and help you understand what you're trying to accomplish and how to live your life in alignment. Money, Matt, is not supposed to be stressful, but yet it is, whether it be because you're ignorant about money or you're too much about it, no matter what, when you lose money, right, or you make a bad decision or you miss the stock market going up and you wish you got in, all of that is emotion. And I'll tie it in and then we can wrap here. This is where leadership becomes so important. And I've got the saying, it's the leader, it's the leader, it's always the leader, right? Meaning, Here's the hard part. When things are bad, when it's uncertain, this is when we're emotional. And when we're emotional or we don't want to deal with something, I don't want to think about ever getting sick. I don't want to think about what would happen if my spouse passed away. 
I don't want to think about the market dropping 40%. So I'll just ignore it, right? When you ignore things for long enough, they ultimately become urgent. And when things become urgent, it's when you make emotional decisions. And when you make decisions with emotion, that's when you make bad decisions. And that's where a good advisor, not all advisors, can actually have an amazing impact and create what I call alpha, which is additional performance because of the advice in your life. I think that's a beautiful way to end today's podcast and really highlighting the major, major differences between having a financial planning and a financial advice relationship that goes well beyond the things that most advisors talk about. John, I've walked into financial advisors offices before and CNBC is playing there. Uh, and then when you get into the meeting, the client, all they want to do is talk about their investments because that's the first thing that they see when they walk into the office. And you've changed that. You change the conversation, especially by setting very clear expectations that you're going to have four meetings and here's what the four meetings are about. That is truly unique and different in my opinion. Now, the next podcast that we're going to do, we're going to dive a little bit more deeply into who you help and who you help the best. When you're doing stuff as long as you guys have been doing it at Cut and Wealth Management, I really truly think, well, it's very simple, that you can help everybody. But it's really fantastic when you guys are sitting across from somebody who you know is the ideal client that you can help better than anybody else. And we're going to break that down in the next podcast. John, thank you very much for your knowledge injection once again today and your thought leadership and telling us a little bit more about what it's like to be a client at Cut and Wealth Management. You got it, Matt. It was fun. Thanks for the intriguing questions. Looking forward to the next one. Now, it's very easy to share this podcast by just clicking that share button. So if you know somebody who doesn't have this sort of a relationship with a financial advisor, please, all you have to do is click that share button and send it to your friends and family to make sure that they can find out what a real financial planning and a real financial advisor relationship should be like. Also, make sure you click that subscribe now button below. That way, every time we come out with a new podcast, it will show up directly on your listening device. So for everybody at Cut and Wealth, this is Matt Haller, and we'll see you on the other side of the mic. Thank you for listening to Planning for the Certainty of Uncertainty podcast with Jonathan Cutton, Private Wealth Advisor, 2019 Barron's Hall of Fame Advisor, 2022 Forbes Best in State Wealth Advisor. Cutton Wealth Management offers comprehensive financial advice and a broad range of solutions to help you and your loved ones live brilliantly now and in the future. Have questions? Contact us at Cutton Wealth Management at ampf.com or give us a call at 800 800- 445-4595. Don't forget to click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. This podcast provides general information, is not intended to provide investment advice, and does not account for individual investor circumstances. Investment decisions should always be made based on an investor's specific circumstances. Neither past performance nor any forecast guarantees future results. Investment products are not insured by the FDIC, NUCA, or any federal agency, are not deposits or obligations of or guaranteed by any financial institution, and involve investment risks, including possible loss of principal and fluctuation in value. Ameriprise Financial does not offer tax or legal advice. Consult your tax advisor or attorney. Ameriprise Financial has not reviewed and does not endorse any other podcast channel or material. 
Barron's Hall of Fame advisors have been ranked for 10 or more years on one of the following lists. Barron's Top 100 Financial Advisors, Barron's Top 100 Women Financial Advisors, or Barron's Top 100 Independent Financial Advisors. Barron's generates its rankings from a formulaic analysis of surveys answered by candidates regarding assets, revenue, and quality of practice, including an advisor's regulatory and compliance record. Barron's is a registered trademark of Dow Jones LP, all rights reserved. This award is not indicative of the advisor's future performance. Neither Ameriprise Financial nor its advisors pay a fee to Barron's in exchange for the ranking. The Forbes Top Women, Best in State Women, and Best in State Wealth Advisor ratings are developed by Shook Research and are created using an algorithm that includes both qualitative in-person virtual and telephone due diligence meetings, client impact, industry experience, review of best practices, and compliance records and firm nominations. And quantitative, assets under management and revenue generated for their firm's data. Certain awards include demographic component to qualify. Investment performance is not a criterion because the client objectives and risk tolerances vary, and advisors rarely have audited performance reports. These rankings are based on the opinions of Shook Research LLC and are not indicative of future performance or representative of any one client's experience and are based on data from the previous calendar year. Forbes Magazine and Shook Research do not receive compensation in exchange for the placement on the ranking. For more information, go to www.shookresearch.com. Shook is a registered trademark of Shook Research LLC. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services LLC, a registered investment advisor. Ameriprise Financial Services LLC, member FINRA and SIPC. Ameriprise financial advisors are individually registered to do business only in certain U.S. states. Please refer to an advisor's personal website for additional details. Certified Financial Board of Standards, Inc. owns the Certification Marks CFP Certified Financial Planner and CFP Certification Mark with plaque design logo in the United States. The views expressed in this podcast are those of Jonathan Cutton as of May 19th, 2021, based on market conditions on that date. Actual analysis and decisions made by Ameriprise Financial Services and its affiliates may not reflect these views. Before you purchase life insurance, be sure to consider the policy's features, benefits, risks, and fees, and whether it's appropriate for you based on your financial situation and objectives. Variable life insurance is a complex investment vehicle that is subject to market risk, including the potential loss of principal invested. California Insurance Number 0G22360. Arkansas license number 2088389.